We had a little fun with this one. For this episode of The Big Data Beard, we headed out to Squaw Alpine Resort in Lake Tahoe to talk with RJ and Tom about how their teams are using big data to make the skiing experience more awesome. This is our first podcast that features a video version that you can check out on our YouTube channel. You can also find a link in our show notes or at bigdatabeard.com. The video is pretty rad because we're recording it in the Funatel over the snowy Squaw Valley slopes. And now, you're listening to the Big Data Beard. All right, so we're uh, we're officially recording, and we are uh, at Squaw Valley, California, the beautiful Squaw Resort. Uh, this is Corey from the Big Data Beard team. I'm joined by Brett Roberts, and we have some special guests today as we've shifted our show towards talking about some real-life companies doing real-life things with data to really transform interesting industries. And Squaw Valley Resort, I honestly, I don't know if it gets any cooler or more uh, interesting than skiing and ski resorts. So I'm excited to have uh, RJ, a technologist, leading VP, a VP of technology here at Squaw, and uh, Tom, who's the VP of marketing. And uh, appreciate you having us uh, come out with us, boys. How's hey, everybody going today? Thanks, Corey. Doing really well. Yeah? Yeah, great. Thank you. So we're inter- interesting uh, recording spot. We're actually on the f- Funatel? Funatel. How do you say Funatel, it? Funatel, that's right. Funatel. All right. Where does that come from, Funatel? What's that mean? <laughs> Funicular. <I guess laughs> Funicular. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> Very cool. So as we go up the mountain, I wanted to do uh, just a quick level setting on Squaw Valley. It's a beautiful place. Been here a long time. Has some great history. Tell us a little bit about Squaw and how it got started. Um, so we're at Squaw Valley in, in Northern California, right on the edge uh, almost of, of Lake Tahoe. And you know, the notable thing about Squaw Valley, especially in this year, is the home of the 1960 uh, Winter Olympics. Um, and you see that throughout the resort. So you see rings, you know, here and there. And, you know, we're exceptionally, you know, we're really proud of that heritage here. Beyond that, you know, Squaw has been, you know, one of the most iconic resorts, you know, certainly in California. And I think remains so with, you know, a tremendous number of different athletes and Olympians that have come out of this place. So it's been great. And then, uh, you know, part of, you know, the new history of Squaw, I guess, is, uh, you know, we actually combined with Alpine Meadows, which is an adjacent resort in 2011, um, and are in the process of trying to link those two together through a, through a gondola that will, you know, run between the two. It's, you know, incredibly expanding the terrain offering here. So it's going to be great. Um, so we're pretty excited about that. And then, I mean, you know, and even more recent news is we've actually then combined with a whole new company that has resorts in Southern California, um, Colorado, um, the New England areas, and Colorado. So it's a pretty right. exciting time with Squaw Valley and Up by Meadows. So scale is actually interesting. So corporate scale is great. It's going to bring a lot more power and probably more interest in digital transformation. That's cool. So the Olympic history, we saw the rings down at the bottom. That's super cool. Is there aspirations for the company and, and for this mountain for future Olympic uh, bids? Well, there actually is a bid ongoing or yeah. starting. Can I say that, Lisa? <laughs> yeah. For uh, your ears only. Oh, there you go. You heard and, it here first. I mean, honestly, it would be great. I mean, you know, I think it would be something that wouldn't just be centered here like it had been in the past, but we'd be a happy participant. And I think it would be really an incredible uh, incredible event for, you know, the region as a whole. So yeah. it'd be exciting. So VP of marketing and sales, I'm, I'm guessing one of your roles, and as we talked before, really excited about customer experience and making sure that, um, that people know this is an incredible resort to be part of. Um, tell us a little bit about this, uh, this kind of this move towards technology and specifically around the app uh, and why that's so important and why your location drives so much of that. Um, well, guest experience is, is something that, you know, me and my team think about every day. Um, 
And specific to, you know, we're lucky in that we're, you know, we're pretty proximate to Silicon Valley, San Francisco, where so much of, you know, the leading technology that comes out, you know, is is being built, right? So for us, it gives us, I think, um, better maybe... You know, I don't know if it gives us a better ability to to get it, but I think we know more about what's happening because we just get exposed to it so much more frequently out here. And you know, that's really translated into our strategy around our mobile app, which um, you know we've always understood that there's there's going to be more to skiing than just the actual skiing. So what we've looked at is how do you take and use technology to make that user experience you know that much better? How do you do? make that experience better before they get to the resort, while they're at the resort, and when they leave the resort. And so what we've really tried to do is use our app as a way to accomplish that. So for instance, just to give you some examples, right? You know, on your way up, you can understand what lifts are opening, what things are happening, what wait lines look like. You know, we'll notify you via an app push if there's delays on, you know, roads that are coming into the resort. Um, You can start, you know, really planning your day. So we're trying to create a, a good experience on the front end, right? Uh, within the time when you're at the resort. So we have functionality where you can build groups with your friends so you can see where your friends are along the mountain, which I mean, you know, look, if anyone that's skied for a bit, I mean, there's always like, hey, look, I'm going to meet you at KT. And then half the group are at the top of the KT, the other half are at the bottom of the KT. And they're like, where did we decide to meet, you know? Always happens every time. So we really wanted to create a way for people to more effectively be able to ski with like man, the group and then also really participate with each other's ski days, right? So, you know, you see how many runs your, your group skied. You see how many vertical feet. You see where they skied. And so it creates this, this more of an interaction with the group where it's like, man, that was a great day. And you get to actually relive it and, cal- you know, and actually like go back and understand it. So, you know, we've tried to kind of take that through. And then at the end of the day, when you're leaving, just a, a reminder. You know, thanks for visiting, you know, really try. And then we'll talk to RJ about this a little bit more is how does this all play in a commerce where then you're giving people the ability to have, you know, a better product, better design for them at a cheaper rate, you know, and really being able to target the right people. So our view is technology is through and through a guest experience. We want it to complement our physical experience here. And that's what our goals are. Yeah. And we saw that today. We, uh, we were lucky enough to be able to hit some, hit the slopes earlier, get some runs in this morning. And we all downloaded the app and we created a group and there's four of us here one of us had a, a call he had to take, so we had to figure out, well, how do we make sure we know where we're going? Is it the top of the mountain, the bottom? And the app did that just that very simply. We got it together. We were able to uh, – I don't think we had any downtime at all waiting for one person, and we were able to you know, get back together and hit the slopes again. So uh, completely see that. And then the other thing, too, is we, uh, we do have a little friendly competition. Who can go the fastest? Uh, Corey's winning right now. I'm a little disappointed about that, but we'll uh, we'll see what happens later on. But yeah, no. To your point, it, it really is giving that experience the end to end from when you get here to when you leave, um, so that you really do have the the optimal time when you're on the mountain. And I th- I think it's awesome. I mean, another another point there is it creates these memories and incarnations with your family. Like if you come up with, you know, two two children and your uh, wife, all of a sudden you can relive your day based on you know these incarnations that you've created on the mountain through technology which is pretty cool right yeah. so so one thing I'm, i always find interesting so the the app is brilliant for the user experience that's awesome right we experienced it great the flip side of it is though too that there's um an enterprise needs to to have a return on investment like hey we're making this app not just for user experience so that we have the best you know we have we increase sales obviously we attributed some of it to it but like how are you connecting very specifically connecting business outcomes to the app and then are you able to do new things based on what you're learning about your customers and their usage of your brilliant facility 
Is there something that you're learning about them that's changing the way that you do business today? Well, one way to think about that is, and, and, you know, and we're just getting into being able to take all this data that's being accumulated and start using it, you know, really putting some business theories against it to see where they shake out. And, you know, so an example of that would be, you know, we're, 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 we're grabbing where everyone's skiing, right? So we know how many blues runs you, or intermediate runs you ski. We know how many beginner runs you ski. We know how many advanced runs you skied. You know, so down the line, what we would like to be able to do is say, when someone's really skiing blues or intermediate runs, and but are starting to dabble a little bit in advanced run, the perfect person to provide, you know, a discounted opportunity for a ski lesson to kind of get them to that next level. So that'd be one example. From a mountain safety perspective is heat mapping where our points of, of compression are with skiers, right? And understanding flow around the mountain. And, and actually indicating to people where, you know, a better route down might be. So almost building itineraries for them based on their past experience and what runs they like to build. So there's, there's, I mean, the amount of data that we're collecting, there's all, I mean, there's just a, a myriad of things that we can be doing right now. And we're going to hopefully start kind of knocking them off one by one. I mean, you keep stealing all my thunder and my key words, <laughs> Tom. I mean, I had cross and other well, capabilities. <laughs> how you enable it. It's, okay. uh, the, the Guest segmentation, <laughs> product recommendation engine. <laughs> all right. We'll get there. So I, so I see, like, obviously, you know, good user experience, you're, you want to use it in the future. What are some of the, like, the challenges for marketing? Has your, has your team had to, had to change, like, the makeup of the team, the kinds of people that you're going out and having to bring into the organization? You know, when I took the role as kind of head arm waver of marketing at Squaw, I was blessed with a, and this is honest to God, genuine truth, it just said a very, very technology savvy team and very bright um and so the great news is and again i think some of that has to do with where we're located i mean you just have people who are kind of in tuned with kind of the cutting edge of technology and what's happening as, as much as you can be at a ski resort right yeah. and i and i would say that you know uh, uh, you know and i've seen a lot of different marketing through a lot of different ski resorts and i absolutely believe that we are just at the very like tip of the spear on this stuff so you know we've over the years we've really made a transition you know, from more of a traditional marketing perspective to a more of a digital technology based. And it's been an ongoing process. And it's one I think that's going to continue. But honestly, the team that I that I've had has just been absolutely the right team for this transition. Yeah. So you've pushed some updates to the app. You've added some new features, new functionalities, new things, I think, as recent as last September. Uh, What's next? What are some of the new things that you're looking at adding? How do you prioritize it? What, you know, what you add in? How do you kind of justify the the business results for that, and then um, what's the feedback that you've been getting from from the users? Well, we have a pretty and RJ, jump in here if you want a pretty robust roadmap. And um, you know, one of the things we just launched was our leaderboard, which was you know our, our, our short term, near term target for our, our roadmap, which was. You know, if you opt into it and you skier on the mountain, you kind of you see how you stack up against other skiers on the mountain on a, a weekly basis, on a daily basis, weekly basis, monthly basis, basis, and season to date, in vertical feet, lift, skied, and so forth. And you know, and the purpose of that was again just to create this you know kind of immersive feeling when you're dealing with technology and skiing here. And, and the feedback on that has been, you know. I mean, it's been funny because all of a sudden we're getting emails from people who are like, it didn't record all my runs. You know? You know, <laughs> New customer service problem. In, right? um, and so, you know, we take all of that very seriously. So right now we're in the process of, okay, let's investigate this person's feedback, you know, where we, we may have missed something. And so we're constantly in a development cycle on this, right? You know, my hope is going forward that we're able to, you know, quite honestly make 
purchase easier as it relates to lift tickets for people. And then, you know, from a financial, you know, fiduciary responsibility side, I guess, whatever you want to call it. And then from a perspective of, of our on-hill guests, really the next kind of, you know, area I think that we're going to focus on is, is how do you get, you know, I, I spoke a little bit about, you know, if you're skiing blues and you're starting to dabble in blacks, like perfect person to introduce to a ski lesson. How do you bring that in? Because the more, the better somebody gets at skiing, the more avid they become, the more loyal they become to resorts. The next real step is how do you bring in the, the ski lesson, ski school component of it and do it in an easy way where you take out all the pain points of going down, going to a ticket window, you know, meeting at a certain spot where you don't know necessarily where it is and make it super seamless. Almost like if you're just, you know, waiting for an Uber car, you push a button, you see it coming it shows up you go yeah and so i think that's you know those are one of the areas that we're really focused on next of you know how can we be impactful this guest experience yeah so out of curiosity you've got a you've got an an ecosystem of businesses around here right with the restaurants and different kind of places how are you using the technology using the advancements that you start to understand user experience how are you using that to drive activity or help you know kind of help people find the best not experience just on the mountain but you know in the village yeah, that's a good question. And, you know, right now, obviously, we have just your, your map where you can figure out where you are. It shows you as you're walking through the village. You can always tell. Uh, you know, we're using beacon technology to, you know, proximate when you're proximate to a, a certain specific uh, F&B outlet. You know, here's a 10% discount if you want to have on apps and, and so forth. So trying to make it a little bit easier. Yeah. And uh, so, you know... Really, our focus has been primarily kind of up mountain and doing that, but we're starting to now dabble more into how do you provide people with, you know, their understanding of choices, mm-hmm. understanding where they're traveling, give them an incentive to go in, but then reward them for doing that, right? Because it's it's always, you know, your best situation is one where everybody wins. I win by getting them in there. They win by getting a discount and everyone's happy. Yeah, that's excellent. So so obviously we're here with RJ. So you got a business partner in technology. So what is the... What's it like when you when you have this this vision for transforming the business, transforming how marketing and sales works and customer experience work? Like, what's that relationship look like with IT? How crucial is IT to your success? I mean, RJ uses App Two E still, so it's been just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm just kidding. Couldn't be farther from the truth. Actually, I mean, I've felt like what we've been doing. It's been incredibly important to foster just a, a, a partnership, if you will, of peers on all of this because you know. In marketing with me and my team, we can have the greatest ideas on the planet. I mean, I have a 10-year-old son. He has the greatest ideas on the planet. But he can't implement any of them. So what I've found is when you really combine your resources with IT in our world, it, it takes an idea from more than idea, but actually makes it executable and actually you know, allows you to achieve that. And so we've really tried to work together shoulder to shoulder, peer to peer on this thing. That's awesome. So out of curiosity for you, RJ, the... So this is obviously some big goals, some big visions for a ski resort, which is so fun that there's this, this much activity going on. What's it like for you? What are, what are the big things on your plate as you, as you kind of look out into 2018? What's it look like to support some of these initiatives? Yeah, I mean, it's vast and broad and deep. Um, <laughs> fun, hopefully. Yeah. No, it's totally fun, right? Yeah. And we leverage our partnerships um, to their full extent and capabilities, the experts, whether it's in data lakes or federated identity. Um, we want to leverage those relationships and technologies and build those in to meet the marketing vision around guest engagement, gamification, segmentation, cross upsell, predictive analytics, um, you know, that advance the guest experience. Um, so <clears throat> it is quite fun. And we got a, a little bit of a blank slate on uh, several areas. 
that gives us the opportunity to not only implement new technologies, but also R&D up and coming technologies and having a partner like Tom and the marketing team to allow us to pilot technologies and contained groups is very beneficial. And the understanding of a build, deploy, learn mentality and agile sort of factor um, is super great. Um, you know, a lot of ski resorts are stuck into a more legacy operating mode. Squaw Valley's not in that mode. And we have a CEO who's very supportive of us as well from the innovation factor. Um, so it's support all around from the business because operations actually finance has to consume these technologies as well and support them and interface with the guest. So it's quite the you know ecosystem here of marketing, operations, um, IT, to make it actually successful and finance. Finance yeah. is always important. <laughs> they got somebody's got to pay for it, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So one of the things you, you touched on, we've talked a lot about the app, and I'm curious over the last you know two to three years as you've started to move towards this sort of mobile user experience based sort of model for changing how now the resort operates. What's that look like for you when you talk about new technologies and shifting from you know the legacy just transactional stuff to this more predictive right experiential gamification if you'll say what's that been like for you like what when you say new tools or new technology, what are some of the top like new tools in tech that you've looked at over the last couple of years that have been transformative here? Yeah, I mean, it's mostly cloud, right? Yeah. And there's been some challenges in the ski resort industry over time just based on their locations to high broadband connectivity. Um, we're fortunate in Squaw Valley and Alpine Meadows to have access to that. So leveraging the cloud for additional data and compute resources is key and um, you know, transactional processing is another thing that's a challenge here based on connectivity. So we're looking at technologies to streamline that, too, um, with offline capabilities and whatnot. But to your point about some of the technologies we've entered, uh, you know, within the last two years. So Amazon's been a big piece of our infrastructure. Um, we use, <clears throat> excuse me, everything from Amazon Redshift to the RDS infrastructure to the EC2 to S3 to um, the DNS services, so we're constantly to Beanstalk. We use, you know, Beanstalk for configuration. We use, I mean, there's, there's just a bunch of items that we're using. You know, we also are agnostic in the technology stack. So from a federated identity perspective, we're looking at stuff like Microsoft Azure um, identity services, right, to meet some of these expectations around guest engagement and experience. It's not only about knowing the customer. It's also understanding how an unknown customer converts to a known customer, okay. right? So that's where federated identity comes in. It's really interesting. Um, that's right. So, <clears throat> you know, those are just a bit of some of the technologies. Beacons and some IO2 stuff we have rolled out. Yeah. RFID is key to our lift access and fraud management. Yeah. We've had that for, you know, about eight years. Okay. Um, provides for frictionless guest experience going through the gates. It also provides deep analytic capability on the back end for revenue management to fraud and predictive analysis um, on how many skiers we might uh, forecast for the coming weekend based on, you know, historic usage and weather and whatnot. Yeah. So continuing the conversation on IT and business, because one of the things that we see a lot of organizations um, struggle with is that IT, you, there's a lot of you can do things. And like in terms of there's the technology exists out there to do a lot of crazy cool stuff right now. And, and or, you know, services like things that Amazon and Azure and Google are providing in the cloud and people are doing in the open source ecosystem, it can power pretty much any vision or dream marketing might ever have. 
But part of the challenge we often see is that there's a skill gap between what IT can do and what marketing wants to execute on. And a lot of times people call that like data science or, you know, the DevOps kind of community that's that's powering it. Have you have you guys did you have to go out and build like a, a data science community? Have you had to hire data scientists or has this been sort of an organic thing where you've used people within your own organization and kind of retrained, retooled, reskilled them to do more innovative things? Right. That it's the latter. Um, and also the predecessor of what you said. So we're looking to scale the organization specifically around data. I mean, we live in the world of data, right? I mean, it's the data of things as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> yeah. Um, right. So, but we like to keep all of our resources engaged. We like to build a culture and community within, you know, IT and within the organization as a whole to allow people to be engaged and execute and train and provide growth. Um, as any good organization should. So we do provide those tools to the team. We all wear multiple hats. To your point about DevOps and um, how that works, we work with the vendor as well as internally. I mean, I personally write code still uh, occasionally, and my team laughs at me, but um, that's, <clears throat> that's okay. That's, that's cool, man. I only have to ask, though, which <laughs> language? <laughs> I'm not going to tell you. It's oh. <laughs> probably Fortran, if I had to guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, to your point, it's kind of both. Um, and we're trying to find that equilibrium to be successful because, as you mentioned, you can't meet every vision. Um, but if we're collaborative and we work together and we're in alignment, which I'm fortunate to have a great relationship with Tom and his team, and we're open and communicative and collaborative, um, which is key. Um, silos just don't work, right? When we want to move fast and quick, we have short runways to implement, short runways to develop based on our seasonality. Um, so we have a life cycle around there. No different than, you know, the two-week sprints sort of deal. So, uh, you know, that's kind of how we're rolling. Yeah, so a lot of the folks that, that we talk to and that, that listen to this this podcast are in that sort of space between there, a lot of them have been, even us, right? The guys that host and gals that, that kind of work on this team. It's a lot of us have been in IT for a long time and we've kind of had to reskill. Um, but we're, but we also have a lot of business users that are trying to figure out how to, to interface with IT. So I, I want to dig into like that communicative, collaborative thing you guys do together. Like that, did that happen just because you guys were like buddies or <laughs> like was there some formal approach that you took to achieve that? Well, I, I think, you know, what, what RJ just said is, you know, we've had to kind of build from the ground up. Right. So it was absolutely crucial to involve IT early on in these various ideas, because as, as you said, you can have these crazy ideas and, and probably they couldn't happen. You know, all, all, everything's kind of allocating resources. Right. So by having IT right in initially and in what we're doing you start getting the structure of how, you know, we'll go about doing this, right? And, and it could be like, well, that idea is great. No, you're totally thinking about it wrong. What if we accomplished it this way? And so you have the iterative process taking place in the beginning with IT rather than at the end where you're just giving them like the grand reveal. But, ah, here's what we want to do. And they're like, dude, you're out of your mind. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, like for instance, you know, we've collaborated on the guest journey and persona mapping, right? Like I think it helps to have IT involved in the business and have – people in IT that are business savvy, so to say, right? Um, and then part of the other collaboration is we'll provide frameworks so everybody knows about shadow IT in the world of the internet, right? <laughs> is that what it's called or the World Wide Webs? I think it's the, the Google machine, the internet of the, the internet Oh, the of Googles? Stuff. 
Oh, the Googles. Yeah, the Googles. The right. inner tubes? The Google, Google the, box. Yeah. It's not the inner tubes? No. Yeah. The we, shunker? we do have inner tubes. Yeah. <laughs> we do have disco. Are they tube. connected? <laughs> <laughs> we measure your speed on that. I bet I'd go faster than Brett. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we, you know, we try to set some parameters with them. So when I'm working with Tom's team or people on my team are collaborating with people on Tom's teams, it's like, okay, yeah, that's cool. We're looking at a new... Uh, multi-channel communication service that does text and phone and email well okay let's pull in it to understand what kind of api access there is around data and data security and federation or um, how it's going to feed into some other xml legacy based services we have for you know lift management or something like that so um, and we're all here for the same reasons to create something great so i think it's a little easier than in a maybe a more traditional environment yeah. One of the things that's gotten really popular in the last, call it, year um, in the data and kind of digital transformation space has been this this topic of machine learning and artificial intelligence. Is there anything, like, is there anything you guys are looking at? Like, when you look at machine learning or you look at artificial intelligence, is there any areas where you think, hmm, like, we might be able to do something with that? Or are you doing anything today that we don't know about? You want to go, Tom, or you go for it? I had a couple tidbits. Um <clears throat> So yeah, using you know AI and machine learning for predictive capabilities, um, you'd be surprised at how much it takes to forecast demand at the mountain here, um, based on all the variability and running those scenarios and models and looking for those expected outcomes. Right, that's one thing. Fraud is another. Um, fraud is um, an item in the industry that we want to tackle um, and get more heuristics around and understand that user flow um, and identify those and um, reduce, right? Because that affects our bottom line and revenue. And we have a short time frame to do that. So that's kind of a business capability right there. Um, you know, another one is operational decision support, right? So based on demand, the ability to crunch this data around sales, labor, um, skiers on the mountain, what lifts are running, um, and the experience and factor that in to say, hey, maybe we need to shift some more people to Gold Coast in food and beverage because there seems to be an aggregate of people there, right? Yeah. So that real-time uh, data stream that's, that's coming in and then disseminate it to our uh, leaders on the mountain so they can make that information, right? Um, and then obviously I think where machine learning and AI can come in really handy is you know, cross and upsell um, and product recommendation engine. And converting the three to four time visitor into a season pass holder and going from the intermediate to the advanced um, level of skiing to get those memories and incarnations and to create those family experiences that we all strive for. I mean, the snow's great right now and people should be coming up. I like, agree. I mean, the snow is awesome. That's yeah, brilliant out here. So I mean, I would add maybe something we're doing right now um, and working on right now is. Well, we're not doing any of that right now? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, in the machine learning perspective is, you know, understanding by device what people like to to get their information through and when they like to get their information. Right. Okay. Because really what you're trying to do is you're trying to serve them information on their preferred from their preferred channel at the exact time that they want to receive it. So we've really been working a lot around how do we get there? And, you know, using machine learning with IBM and Watson and what have you to, to really facilitate that. And I think that's something that, you know, we're doing now yep. as an example. Okay. Interesting. Actually, that's a good one of a very value-added partners is the IBM Watson technology. And really? Marketing is really um, utilizing that. So 
Interesting. Okay, very cool. We've seen uh, IBM and Watson. The APIs we see a lot of adoption of. The, the data, science, data science experience toolkit that they're coming out with and integrating with some of the partners looks very interesting for powering some of the things you're talking about. So you talked about beacons previously, and I want to unpack that a bit because we've, we know that the apps and the phones have got GPS, and with GPS you can do a lot of interesting stuff, but it's interesting. We've played around with beacons, and I get asked a lot of this question a bunch from you know, business users and IT practitioners, like, what, why do I need a beacon? or what is it, Why is that technology interesting in the IoT context since I already have GPS, like, why do I need that? Well, GPS works great when you have full cell coverage in every nook and cranny across 6,000 acres in two mountains. Um, unfortunately, that's not the case. Um, here, we're working on building full wire, you know, Wi-Fi mesh networks. We're working on with our telecom providers to pull up new towers and provide better coverage across every nook and cranny. But sometimes beacons work really good in certain areas. Um, and it's just part of our mesh network and capabilities for communications that we want to entail. I mean, we have a wired network and a fiber network, yeah. a Wi-Fi network, you know, a telecom network, and now a, a beacon network. So we want to be able to use it as necessary where we need to use it when we don't have every use case identified, but um, it's part of the over, overarching, you know, architecture. Yeah. So as, as you look out um, kind of in the next 12 to 24 months, we talked a little about machine learning and big data. Like what are the things that you're most excited about and what you're going to be bringing to Squaw Valley and for your, for the people who are visiting this mountain, what are you most excited about in the next 12 to 24 months? Well, if I could have one dream that wasn't me living in Tabarua surfing, it would be to have someone be able to just walk to the lift with their phone and never worry about a ticket or a pass. And that's that's the big target that I see out there that I've been pushing RJ on. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, mobile to lift would be amazing, right? I mean, yeah. obviously, you're going to need some contingency planning for people that don't have phones. Are, is there anybody? It's, I think there's some in Alabama where I'm, where I'm from. Uh, uh. <laughs> I don't know if they make it out this far. We'll <laughs> we can make it a target market for a little bit. Um, yeah, I mean, having this frictionless experience on the resort and having our guests and operations and hosts know the guest and approaching them with the right questions or insights um, when we're engaging face-to-face. -face. I mean, ideally, we want technology to augment the face-to-face -face expressions and personalization that um, you can't get anywhere else. I mean, it's people-to-people -people interactions that make skiing so great, right? So, yeah. Absolutely. Well, RJ and Tom, this has been informative. This is exciting. We've obviously had a blast at your, at your mountain and your resort. We've experienced firsthand the, the really cool things you're doing with this app to make the experience that much better, right? We're technologists. We, we showed up here. We wanted to have a great time. And, and I can tell you, the work you're doing is, is absolutely having an impact. This is a very smooth, easy to, easy to enjoy experience. And I think the app made sure that we were able to find Keith exceptionally well and able to find pizza. So thank you for that. Um, so I want to shift gears here for a second. We want to get to know you. We're in this amazing place, but we always ask our guests some rapid-fire questions. And rapid-fire questions are really just they're, they're quick questions. Just answer the first thing that comes to mind when I ask you the question. But just give our, our listeners a chance to get to know a little bit more about you. So, uh, RJ, we'll start with you, and then you guys, you guys can just go back and forth. What year do you think Skynet will go online? 2021. 21, all right. I think it's already online, and this is just a dream we're living in. See, I think this guy's, I think this guy's got it right here. <laughs> all right, so uh, if you bought me a book, what would it be? Uh. <laughs> or maybe let's, let's phrase it this way. What was your favorite book you've read in the last year? 
Um, actually, the one I'm reading right now is called The Beautiful Constraint, and it's all about you know how do you use constraints to actually push yourself past things that feel like hurdles and actually aren't. I'm reading that right now. It's actually really good. Beautiful Constraint. All right. And you? I got two answers for you. I'll get you the Squally Wood book. Okay. Oh. Okay. So that'll tell you Sounds some righteous. Interesting, interesting items. And I'm actually reading a book by ThoughtWorks called um, Digital Transformation, Building an IT Agile Organi- Organization. Okay. Very it's good. Quite, quite exciting. What genre of music do you have in the earbuds when you're cruising down the mountain? Uh, yeah, go for it. Uh, I typically like the sound of nature, personally. Yeah. Um, but if I was going to wear earbuds, I'd probably put like the Red Hot Chili Peppers in. Strong. Old school rap every time, all oh. the time. We're rocking NWA, (laughs) so we feel you on that one. Um, So do you have a favorite piece of, like, technology that you think is really cool, but you also it's kind of, like, dumb and useless? I've got to think about this. It was rapid fire, huh? Let's see. You know, I'm trying to think of one here, really. Um, All technology is not cool. Let's just let me know. (laughs) Oh, BlackBerry. Oh, wait. (laughs) You gotta have one of those. I don't yeah. have one anymore. It would help with your frictionless experience, right? right? I don't think they were NFC enabled. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I don't think so. It's um, a good question. You know, I don't know. I recently got an Alexa at home, which is definitely extremely useful. Until um, my kids start overriding me, and then we get in this argument with Alexa fighting, you know, in the kitchen about what song we're gonna play. <laughs> so it becomes useless. There to you go. Pole. All right. Like so Amazon Echo. <laughs> That's right. What's you? Any useless tech? You know, I wouldn't say useless, but I did just get this new Apple Three Watch, and it's created a, uh, an ADD like I've never known before. So. <laughs> well, I just want to make you feel better. That is literally the number one answer we've gotten of all guests. Like that's overarching. The Apple Watch is a silly one. Um, what is your biggest personal money pit right now? Surfboards. Surfboards, all right. <laughs> Surf trips. Surf trips, all right. So you're into skiing and surfing when it's nice outside. Okay. Uh, are you going anywhere? I mean, you live, you guys work somewhere interesting, but are you going anywhere exceptionally interesting soon? Uh, actually, RJ and I are both going to Nicaragua in May, so oh, yeah. That sounds pretty <laughs> awesome. All right, so we usually want to know what uh, TV show you're currently binging on, but for this episode, I'm curious, what is your favorite ski-themed movie? Well, hot dog. Of course. All right. Sharknado. <laughs> I, I can officially say that's never been listed. We got, we got to do a quick, uh, quick Q&A with you guys, too. Like one okay, question. On I got us. one, all right? Lay it on us. You got to uh, recite your favorite uh, movie quote. The Dude Abides. Is that the Big Lebowski? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. uh, anything from Pulp Fiction, probably. <laughs> Very good. Well, guys, thank you so much for being on the show. I uh, I will say I highly encourage uh, folks that are anywhere near Lake Tahoe to come out to Squaw Valley Resort, have one of the best experiences on a mountain I can imagine. And you guys are absolutely investing in what I think will be an amazing experience going forward. So thanks for spending time with us in this uh, utterly beautiful location. Awesome. Thanks, Corey. Thank thanks, you. Brett. Appreciate, thank it. You appreciate it. Yeah. Beards are not just about big data. They're face warmers. And if you don't have a handsome hedge on your face, then you can keep warm on the mountain with a beard ski. You'll look like us and be properly warm. Visit beardski.com to get yours. And don't forget, you can still register for Strata San Jose and get 20% discount using promo code PCBEARD at checkout. Thanks for listening.
uh, and watching.